thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak. Um, so this is Monday morning. Um, I normally try to do these on the weekends, but the weekend was full this weekend. I got to tell you, uh, sometimes life just happens. So we had an, a very unique opportunity to go see a Van Gogh exhibit that was in Charleston this weekend. And my wife had bought tickets. For us to go, uh, us and some friends went, and it was fabulous. It was uh, it was very beautiful. Uh, I got to learn a lot. They had some history of Van Gogh on the walls, and you know, I didn't know that uh, I didn't know very much about him. I knew I liked a lot of his paintings, and I knew that when I would take art class and I would see his stuff, I would recognize right away what was his. You know, certain artists have certain styles. Picasso. You know, obviously had a style. Monet had a style. Um, I had uh, a fascination with all of these guys, uh, Joseph Klimp and um, and Van Gogh. And uh, so much so that even when I met my wife, I had a shower curtain with Starry Night on it and towels with uh, the same type of motif. Um, it was interesting to learn that he was... Uh, pretty poor his entire life. And that when he got notoriety towards the end of his life for his artwork, uh, he felt very uncomfortable. Um, it appears that he also went a little crazy for a while and cut his ear off. And um, I had heard rumored that maybe it was possibly uh, syphilis that had made him crazy. Uh, back then there was no cure. So, I don't know. It was interesting. The exhibit was really cool. I took the uh, the 360 camera and I filmed in all directions. And so, of course, I got tons of stuff to go through with that, but it's just going to take me a while to do that, and I haven't done that yet. So stay tuned for that on the YouTube channel. Um, but let's talk about some stuff I heard, okay? And I did take notes because I know a lot of you guys are like, you start talking about something and then you don't give us any information about it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So let me tell you about this cool show that I watched that I... I, I liked it for a lot of reasons, and I also, it also frustrated me a little bit. Um, so scanning, you know, Netflix, now there's so many shows out there that you, you feel like you have to watch because of social pressure. Oh, you got to watch the, the, the House of Dragons, and you got to watch the Lord of the Rings prequel stuff, and you got you to gotta watch these. It's like, okay, calm down. Everybody just calm down. Uh, sometimes I just want to scan through things and go, yeah, I want to pick something that I want to pick. And I did. Um, I picked a show called The Imperfects. The Imperfects. Not The Perfects, The Imperfects. Um, interesting premise of the show is actually something I've talked about on this podcast multiple times. Uh, the premise of the show is, after undergoing an experiment that gives them monstrous side effects, Abby, Tilda, and Juan join forces to hunt down the scientist responsible and force him to make them human again. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, they undergo some type of gene therapy treatment that they think is going to help them with something that they have as a kid. And turns out it gave them some sort of superpowers, but they're super flawed. Okay. You guys have heard me talk about that before, that the idea of what if you had a superpower, but in order to have that superpower, you also had a super flaw. And someone, I guess maybe had the same thought and just took the ball and ran with it. 
Um, I really like the cast of this show. I know, you know, demographically they're looking to have uh, an international audience watch the show. So you've got different nationalities represented, which is fine. Not a big deal. Um, I'm not saying that it should be or shouldn't be. I'm just saying that it's the show. The show is written well enough that you don't care about that. Um, it is a little hokey in the fact that, uh, the bad guys in it are, you know, very atypical bad guys. Um, but it's sort of like just a fun show. Um, there is a danger element, um, kind of give you a little rundown here. You're going to learn if you watch it pretty quickly, um, that the main three characters, uh, one of them turns into a, he calls himself a chupacabra, um, kind of like a werewolf, <laughs> uh, doesn't really have control of it in the beginning is, uh, very interesting to find out some of the side effects of that. One of the ladies, um, can hear things extremely loud, uh, to the point that it makes her a little crazy. And she unfortunately is a lead singer in like a punk rock band. And she has this thing sort of happen while she's on stage. Um, the other side of this is she has sort of a sonic thing with her voice where she can make glass break and people pass out and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Um, and then there's a girl who, um, figures out that her pheromones or just natural scent, uh, can at times trigger people to fall for her, like almost like a siren. Um, they fight over her. They try to get to her close to her and it's very creepy. You know, you'd think, Oh yeah, I'd, I'd want that. No, you don't. Not like this. Uh, she walks around with a spray can and sprays people all the time so that her smell won't affect them. Um, and then there's a, a goofy scientist guy that is extremely brilliant and, and he's just ultra dangerous and dorky at the same time. And, and I like it. I like all of it. Um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to like the show. I started watching the show. My wife comes in she goes, how is it? And I was like, it's kind of dumb. And then after the show, I kept thinking about it. And I was like, it's actually not kind of dumb. It's actually kind of cool. So anyway, um, so yeah, looking on Rotten Tomatoes here, uh, Google has it at a 9.3. Um, IMDB has 6.3 out of 10. I don't know what, who rates these things. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of catchy. It's a, it's a different idea of a superhero kind of movie or show. It's a TV show on Netflix. So I gave in to peer pressure and I am watching house of dragon. Um, I gotta say so far it's pretty boring. I've watched, um, well, I just finished episode four. Okay. So episode one and two for me was very boring. Uh, I've heard people say, Oh, it's great. Well, okay. Matt Smith is the only actor that I recognize right off the bat. Um, you know, you guys remember him from such movies as uh, Morbius. I just talked about it recently. <laughs> and also is Doctor Who and from The Crown. Uh, he must be hitting his stride right now with movies and television and stuff. He's just, he's in everything that I'm watching. Um, but in this House of Dragons, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It's not like 
Lord, it's it's not like uh, the Game of Thrones. It is, but it isn't. Uh, Game of Thrones caught you within the first episode, or caught me within the first episode, um, because the stakes were high and there was danger and there was cast that you cared about. And so far in the show, I only care about the young princess, I guess, because she looks like Daenerys. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm I'm still going to give it a shot because I know that HBO rarely whiffs on things like this and there's people who love the shows that and the books and stuff like that that are not going to let this fail um and i know that even when the things are happening and it's slow that it, there's a build-up for something else that's coming around the corner so i'm going to stick with it um i think right now as of today there's only uh five episodes out yeah and i finished four of them uh so yeah and it's all right it's all right. I'm not loving it, but I'll keep watching because I know it'll get better. I just know it. Plus, there's dragons. And who doesn't love dragons? I mean, it's kind of cool to see dragons on the screen. Um, I also had another thing pop up. I'm a big Star Wars fan, of course. You guys know that. Uh, obviously, I've got Boba Fett behind my head here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here with a with a mouse pad with Boba Fett, and I got a... I got a phone charger thing that looks like the Millennium Falcon. Anyway, so Disney has come out with a show called Andor, okay? And the premise of the show, as stated on Google, says the story of rebel spy Caspian Andor, Cassian Andor, uh, formative years of the rebellion and his difficult missions for the cause, okay? Now, from my understanding, Cassian was in Rogue One. And people in the Star Wars fandom um, understand what Rogue One was. People who casually look at Star Wars are like, you know, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Blah, blah, blah. So when we watched the first movies as, as kids in the 70s, um, you know, A New Hope, as it's been called, the first Star Wars movie, um, we learn about the Death Star, okay? And there's that one little scene where some political lady is telling the group of pilots that, uh, you know, we retrieve these blueprints or these plans for the Death Star at great cost. That's all she says, at great cost. So then someone took that idea of the great cost and they made a movie, Rogue One. And you get to learn about them finding out about the plans and trying to get the plans to the right people so that they can then plan to destroy the Death Star before it destroys planets because it's a planet killer. We get to watch it uh, explode a planet in uh, in the first movie. Um, they take it to uh, sort of threaten Princess Leia and they blow up her home planet just right in front of her. And so that's bad. So, Andor... I guess it's supposed to be a show about this guy who basically is the reason the rebellion starts. Cause up until that point, the empire had just kind of taken over. Um, Anakin had become full Darth Vader and Darth Vader was ruling everything. And, uh, with the ember. So yeah. Um, they put out three episodes this past Saturday and I gotta tell you, I don't love it. Um, the only characters that I recognized, I recognized the guy playing Cassian Andor from the movie, and 
I think the third episode you get to see um, Mr. Skarsgård. Um, is it Stellion? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, you guys know him from the Marvel movies. Thor, he was the scientist. Yeah, Stellion Skarsgård uh, birthed uh, quite a few Skarsgård actors that are fabulous. Anyway, I don't love the show so far. Episode 3 was good. Episode 3 had at least some action in it. But this is more like a spy thriller. Um, and it's slow so far. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's got to be enough Star Wars fans out there that they made this good, so I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, the first, thir- the first two episodes are tough to get through because it's just dull. And then the third episode, you're like, okay, we got a little gunfight here. Some stuff's starting to happen. Okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I'm glad they released three at one time because if I'd have just watched the two, I'd have been like, well, not watching this show. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to stick with it. It'll get better, I think, hopefully. Uh, She-Hulk. Oh, I hit the button. it! Why did I do that? I had these tabs up. I'm doing like open tabs like Bert does. Um, Bert has a show called Open Tabs that he does on his podcast where he reads you the things, the tabs that he's opened up during the week and tells you about the stuff he's learned. So yeah, um, what episode are we on here? Episode six just came out for She-Hulk. Apparently it comes out on Thursdays, I guess. Yeah, Thursdays. Um... So yeah, episode six uh, was terrible. I mean, I'm just going to say it's terrible. Um, It is kind of cool to see She-Hulk all dressed up in a nice dress and trying to fit into some kind of normal life. And she does break the fourth wall again and talk to the camera about how you would think there'd be a better time to do this than right now. But that's kind of how weddings work, right? And I was like, okay. So I I still, I like the show. Um, Didn't love this episode. But I still like the show. So, of course, I'm going to keep watching it. And let's see. Let's talk about some good stuff. So, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, somewhere along the way, uh, there was a show on the BBC called Top Gear. And the three hosts, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, um, was on that show for a very long time. And... They got booted off the show when one of the producers and Jeremy Clarkson had it out and uh, Amazon picked them up and started a show called The Grand Tour. And The Grand Tour was sort of trying to find itself and figure out what they wanted to be. And they, they, they wanted to do their car show, but they wanted to do something different than Top Gear. And I think they found out what their niche is. And to me, their niche is the long view challenges of things that they do. So... When they go on a quest together, like, hey, you've got a whole week to film content for this challenge. Um, That's really their good spot because, you know, it's a pretty sweet deal. You only have to work for about a week or two out of the whole year. And it's very entertaining. Uh, I'm sure there's just tons and tons and tons of editing and reshoot, you know, things and stuff like that. But I don't know. I kind of feel like they just have a plan and they sort of go for it, and things go wrong, and things change, and you just keep filming. Um, but it's fascinating. Uh, they just came out with an episode. Um, 
I have it on my search thing. So whenever a new episode pops up, it just tells me, hey, there's a new one. I'm like, great. So in this one, it's called a Scandi flick. S-C-A-N-D-I, Scandi, because they're in Scandinavia. Uh, They start off above the Arctic Circle, and they purchase rally cars, um, thinking they're buying the best car for them, and they're supposed to go, you know, from one direction to the other, all above the Arctic Circle the whole time. And it gets hilarious pretty quickly. Um, I think these guys are are just secretly comedians who happen to have a car show because they're hilarious. Um, it is a car. It is a show for people who like cars, but it's also a show for people who like watching people, um, on an adventure because it is an adventure and they're silly and they're friends. They're best of friends. And, uh, yeah. So I highly recommend checking out grand tour season five, episode one, a Scandi flick. It's very good. Very good. Um, so Switching gears just a tad bit. I want to talk about stuff I heard. Okay. Um, Dan Cummins has a podcast called Time Suck. And this started off with me hearing about this podcast from when he went into Burt Kreischer's studio and was discussing it. And my brother and several friends of mine started listening to it and they've all over the years been like, you gotta, you gotta check out the new uh, time suck. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. And then when I finally got into it, um, I've listened to every episode and now I look forward to every episode because it is entertaining and educational at the same time. Um, (laughs) I listened to the Bayou Strangler episode, uh, recently that was very dark but he had a lot of humor that went along with it. Uh, apparently after or right around the time Katrina happened, this guy raped and murdered a whole bunch of boys and men. And he's one of the most prolific serial killers in U S history. But because he was so assuming unassuming, I should, I should say, um, nobody really knows who he is. No, nobody knows his name. Nobody, you know, it's not like, uh, one of these guys that gets their own TV show cause he's handsome and, and, you know, whatever, uh, charismatic. Um, it was a fascinating episode, but then right after that, he had his six year anniversary for the podcast. And it just happened to be one that the fans sort of voted on and decided they wanted him to do a special on George Carlin. George Carlin was, um, one of the most prolific stand up comedians ever. Um, he was, I guess, mentored by Lenny Bruce and a lot of people credit Lenny Bruce with breaking a lot of the boundaries in first amendment laws, uh, with stand-up comedy. Uh, but it was really, I guess, championed by George Carlin. Uh, George Carlin came up as a young man listening and, and, and being mentored by Lenny Bruce and watching Lenny Bruce go to jail for saying things that were deemed inappropriate for stage. Uh, inappropriate for society. Um, it's very interesting to learn about Lenny Bruce over the years. And there's a great depiction of him on the Miss Maisel show where she's friends with him and he gets arrested for sometimes saying things that he's thinking. And it's crazy that here in our country, 
where we bolster the idea that we have freedom of speech, that you could be in trouble for saying a curse word. Um, but sure enough, Lenny Bruce was arrested a lot of times for cursing on stage or for having a thought about somebody and saying it out loud. Um, he one time said that uh, Eleanor Roosevelt uh, was one of the most beautiful uh, first ladies ever and thought that she had a good rack. <laughs> and they said, that's it, you're going to jail. Um, <laughs> it's just the, the craziest stuff that, that landed him in jail. Uh, but Carlin took that mantle and ran with it. Um, this podcast that he did on George Carlin reminded me a lot of my youth and the fact that, I don't know, I was raised, I was raised around comedy. We had funny family members. Uh, everybody had funny stories they would tell. Everybody sort of competed for funny stories. My stepdad loved stand-up comedians and would often watch the improv shows on TV or the Rodney Dangerfield specials or the, I remember watching the, um, you know, George Carlin's uh, seven words you can't say on television monologue. Uh, I remember his follow-up on HBO where he ended the show by listing off every word that that would have offended people in the past. And he said, let's just say them out loud. Let's say them all. And he has a list and he just reads the list. And I remember thinking as a kid, I don't know why, but this is, it's not, this part is not necessarily just funny, but it's, it's educational because it is real. Um, you know, if you grew, if you grew up in a household and you had conversations amongst different groups of people about different things and you were passionate about those things, then oftentimes words fly around that you hear as a kid and you learn as you grow up how those words can hurt people or how they can be funny or how they can sting or, or even if they're appropriate or not at certain times. Um, you know, obviously I don't want to curse with my you know, grandmother around and I don't want to curse with my mom around, but sometimes, you know, it happens. Um, sometimes I've heard them do it. Uh, but I remember a very distinct time with my sister, uh, growing up where she had heard someone say, uh, the word fuck. And she would say it over and over and over again. And, and I said, I don't think you understand what you're saying. And I'm six years older. Um, God, how old she, she must have been like seven or eight at the time, maybe nine. I don't know. It was, it was, she was little. And I said, you know, there, there's a lot of words that have power and a lot of words that have meaning. I said, but the word fuck has a lot of different meanings depending on how you use it. And I went into a sort of a breakdown, uh, like a mental exercise of what I saw and how you could use it as a, as a verb, as an adverb, as a, as a noun, as a just out adjective. I mean, I, I would add, you know, letters to it and words to it. And I'd said, you know, there's a lot of things that you can think about language and how it can expand and have different meanings depending upon your intent. Um, and sometimes it, it just matters on your inflection as well. And I went into this thing about language with her and I don't know, for some reason that touched a nerve with her and, and I'd never heard that said before. I just came up with it on my own and 
But part of it had to do with Carlin. Part of it had to do with watching George Carlin and watching Richard Pryor and watching, you know, Eddie Murphy and seeing these artists on stage come up with a way to challenge people to think about their environment a little bit differently and to maybe not judge things by what you hear, or what you see, but to sort of take it all in and come up with a different, a different narrative, if you will. And so I really, 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 really enjoyed listening to this episode of Time Suck. Um, if it wasn't for George Carlin, there's a lot of things in this life that would be very dull um, because we would have stifled our ability to express ourselves to each other, uh, claiming that it was for the innocence of the children. Um, when they're just words. And, you know, I, I've often thought about this, about, you know, do we at times overuse words um, when it's unnecessary? Well, sure. <sighs> this microphone, I swear I'm going to have to break it. Sorry. My microphone's having an issue. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something to this thing. Put some tape on it or something to hold it in place. Aggravating. Sorry. Um, <laughs> where, where was I? I totally have, have just blanked on what I was talking about. Oh, Carlin. Words. Yeah. So, anyway. Go check it out. Time Suck. It's, it's one of the latest episodes. Um, yeah. I watched a few com uh, comedy shows on Netflix. Uh, Joe Coy has one that came out recently called Live from Los Angeles. Very funny. Um, I also watched Patton Oswalt's new one. Uh, it's called We All Scream. It's very funny as well. Two totally different comedians, two totally different premises, two totally different fan bases, both equally as funny. It's both great. I enjoyed both. Um, so yeah, there's lots of good out there. Share the good. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. I'm putting lots of stuff up. I've got tons of video that I got off that camera from our trip to Grenada. I got a whole playlist on there. There's like 13 videos. It's fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, watching it on YouTube. Uh, please, if you haven't, uh, click the like button, uh, share this with everybody. And, uh, you know, if you want to be part of the podcast, let me know. Give me some input. Write down some stuff. Call in. Uh, leave me a message. Something I can read on here. So, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow. Moo.